Good evening, folks. Thanks for tuning in to The Will and Dave Show. Tonight, we've got a really fantastic show lined up for you, a quick little content advisory as we get into it. Um, we're going to be talking about gun control and registration and firearms in general tonight. So this is maybe a bit of a trigger warning, if you will. We'll be talking about that, some of the deaths that are involved in that, possibly. And so it's a little heavier subject matter, but nothing too egregious tonight. We just want you to be aware as we get into the show. A trigger warning? <laughs> a trigger warning. <laughs> I can't claim that I wrote that joke. No, But it is can't. premeditated. Because it came from the rest of us on the show. We had to talk <laughs> you into it. <laughs> well, let me turn the music down. I'm tired of that okay. already. What can I say? I'm a slut for views. Allison is done. I think we need to turn it off now. <clears throat> How's your week been, William? It's been pretty good, actually. It's been productive. How's sure. life on Twitter? I hate it. Twitterverse. <laughs> but I'm there. Yes. Uh, for those of you who are on Twitter, we are on Twitter now too. By we, I mean me. Um, you can follow us for my hot takes. For your salty retweets? retweets. So who did you retweet this week? Uh, I retweeted something from Matt Walsh, I believe. Or I think I quote tweeted it. I think I also quote tweeted something of Ben Shapiro's and something of okay, okay, and hold a comment on. off a PragerU video. So if you retweeted them, I'm assuming you did so with a comment. So retweeting is just tweet is just projecting the tweet that they made through your platform. Quote tweeting it is when I quote it and add a comment of my own. So you retweeted a Ben Shapiro? I think so. I think it was. I'd have to, I'd have to look. It's like you actually days, agreed with something that Ben Shapiro said? I wouldn't said. say I agreed it. I just wanted it on our page. And I, I think it was because it was so like eye rolling that I figured people would get it. They didn't need me to critique it. And Matt Walsh, who's one of your heroes, like <laughs> right after Tucker Carlson. Oh, Matt no. Walsh. I hate Matt Walsh way more than Tucker Carlson because Tucker Carlson is an actor who I think is just careless <laughs> with his power. I think Matt Walsh actually believes the crap that he sells. So, okay. So hold on a second. So if Tucker Carlson is like a nine and a half on your punchability meter, where's Matt Walsh on the punchability meter? He's actually not that high up. He's a relatively normal, decent looking guy. It's his hot takes that I have issues with. So I'm I actually not, dislike his, his ideas and his policies more than I dislike the look of his face. So I'm not involved much on the Twitter universe <laughs> thing because I absolutely <laughs> hate it. But I do read Matt Walsh, and I am a more right-of-center sort of guy, and I get choked at some of the stuff that Matt Walsh says. I like some of it. I do, because mm-hmm. he sort of he speaks get to my side of the universe. But yeah. how he says it, he's a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, like just this morning, he tweeted about him and his, him and his wife are like taking a, a drive or spending a day out in a park, and he's like, sure, I'm glad we, quote-unquote, stole this land. I'm like... Could you be more of a dick? Like, I understand his political take, but could you could you be more of an asshat about it? Please try harder. <laughs> Offend more people. Why don't you? Yeah. Okay. So before we before we alienate <laughs> all three or four of our viewers, all three of our viewers, let's move on to our sponsors, as we still want them to sponsor the show, yeah. and since we're related to both of them. <laughs> the sponsor for this episode is Northern Trust. Your one-stop shop for floor systems and for all your trust needs. 
phone the team at Northern Trust at 250-787-3033. Locally owned and operated in Fort St. John, B.C. Hey there, and thanks for tuning into the Will and Dave Show. I'm Susan, and I don't know about you, but I think that in the whole world, there's nothing as warm and comforting as a handmade quilt. And quilters the world over have wonderful stories to tell. So to showcase their stories, I host a podcast. It's called Measure Twice, Cut Once, and Other Life Lessons Learned from Quilters. You can tune in to the podcast anywhere that podcast apps are, whatever your favorite is, or you can find a direct link on my website, stitchedbysusan.com. And now, back to the show. Hey. Howdy doody. Well, we appreciate our sponsors. If you want, you, the viewer, want to help us out directly with the show, you can go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash Will and Dave show. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help support the show as we try to grow it and move it along. Well, actually, you can buy me a cup of coffee for five bucks. And if I send it to Will, it'll buy him a house because in Canada, five bucks of American money will buy him a house. So <laughs> you can put him in a real house. Um, I also want to say about the buy me a coffee that one of the of the fallouts really from our show is if we mention guns or vaccine or COVID or any of those, which they is all like are every words, episode. Yeah, which we will never be monetized on YouTube. Yeah. As soon as you say <laughs> any of those words. They look and say, yeah, we're not going to monetize you and we're going to keep all the ad money from every show you ever run. And so yeah. it's, it sort of is our only means of support is buy me a coffee. So if you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee. Yeah. That's enough selling, Will. Yeah. So let's get to the, the meat and potatoes of tonight. Yeah. Um, talk about our guest and what we're going to talk about tonight. So tonight we're going to talk about, obviously, gun control and registration and everything that kind of revolves around that. And to talk about that, we brought in someone substantially more knowledgeable than ourselves, that's the low bar to clear, but <laughs> hey, Wayne, welcome to the show. Hey, guys, thanks. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> sure, absolutely. <laughs> so, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, what you've done, and what you do? Uh, I work in the oil field service industry up here in northern BC. Uh, pertaining to the show, I've been in competition firearms for about 18 years as, as speaking of low bars my memory is not that great from that far ago but because <laughs> if i recall um, you used to compete in idpa right yes IDPA? that's where i started actually uh, i was right. thinking after you invited me i was thinking back over the years and uh, i realized that uh, it's all my wife's fault she's the one who arranged my first uh, handgun which is when I got into uh, Inter International Defense Pistol Association, which is IDPA. Mm. I did that uh, for quite a few years. And then through that, met uh, a lot of the guys I hang out with today and started doing three gun competitions uh, mm. about eight years ago. Okay. So we should honor our guests and call them fire sticks. And maybe then right, we won't right. get demonetized. Right. Fair enough. We'll have to remember that for Cord future episodes. Yeah, that's right. Cordless hole punchers. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Boom sticks. So as you're in Canada, and I think I think a number of our viewers are also in Canada, would you outline the the, the current system for owning a gun and what you're allowed to own and the responsibilities if you do own you know, if, if it's a handgun, et cetera. Well, let's, let's break it down and start with just how to get one, yeah. legally speaking. 
the first thing you need to do is take a course. Uh, they're relatively widely available. You just have to find one in your area. Once you're done taking that course, uh, it's a full day and you have to pay for it. Then you fill out the rest of the form that you'll get when you finish the course from the instructor and mail that into the RCMP. And anywhere from, if you're lucky, two months to a year later, you'll get a license, which allows you to buy a firearm and or ammunition of a certain type. And yeah, as I say, that's, that's just your unrestricted. Correct. And so, so to get a restricted, restricted firearm, to get a restricted, you have to do another day long course and send in, if you were to do them both at the same time, you could submit the application at the same time for both. But if you were not, you would have to do the process twice. You would have to submit your application, then do another course and submit your application for your restricted. So restricted yeah. is, uh, it's fairly complicated. All the all the technical details are on the RCMP's mm-hmm. website, but it has to do with length and function of the firearm. Most semi-automatic rifles are restricted and all handguns are restricted. Mm-hmm. So why the differentiation from American standpoint? And I know, although I'm sort of asking for those of us who are in the U.S. So why the differentiation for, for handguns? I get it for, for automatic weapons, or semi-automatic, I guess. But why handguns? Is is there a logical explanation, or not logical? Because government, I won't say that. But <laughs> but is there reason on the agree. government side for doing that? Not particularly. Um, handguns have been registered in Canada since I believe 1932, mm-hmm. and then in the 90s, when the current iteration of firearms law was implemented, they became restricted. Um, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, Dave. There is no logical reason for them to be restricted other than My assumption possibly concealability. Exactly. They are easy to conceal. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of that, there's a lot of stuff that's not restricted that is easy to conceal as well. So mm-hmm. one of the memes I guess was going, as good as mine. I was going to show later that that if we're going to uh, to do a if there is a blame for, for murders in the U.S., it should be Home Depot and not the gun manufacturers. More people are killed by hammers than by guns in the U.S. in a year. And I, and I don't know if the numbers are true, so I didn't save it as I couldn't verify the numbers. But it was sort of the logic is, is a question of this show is mm-hmm. the logic of these can, I mean, that's, that's laws and rules. Unfortunately, that's the fallacy of gun control is honestly it's it's um incompetent um unknowledgeable people making laws to convince other unknowledgeable people that they're making a difference that's really all it is so i want to ask you about a year ago there's a shooting in new brunswick i believe nova scotia new brunswick and immediately after there was a new law that the that was either implemented or was initiated. It was proposed, mm-hmm. I believe. I don't know if it ever right. actually went through. So has it gone through? Is it a law? And what was that? Exactly. So shortly after that happened, the government passed by order and council a ban of specific firearms. Okay. Uh, there's a list. It's called the FRT. It lists all the banned firearms in the country. Mm-hmm. And many 
at the time, I think there was about 1500 and since then a lot more have been added, uh, that are named specifically that are not allowed in the country. And, um, many of us sports shooters have many of those, uh, firearms. The, the main one is an AR 15 and anything that's sort of, you know, XYZ companies iteration of an AR 15. Yeah. Any derivative there. So exactly. There's a lot other ones, but that's the main one. Um, those firearms we can't sell, we can't transport, we can't do anything with them. They, they are now residing in our safe permanently. It's illegal for us to take them out of the safe. So I'll ask you on that again. I know that one of the rules for handguns is if you own one, you really are limited in how you can use it and, and where you can go with it. Is, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yes, the only place you're allowed to use it at is an approved range. So if I'm so, going hiking in the Rocky Mountains and again, I want a gun to protect myself from grizzly bears, not a handgun. You can you can do that. There is a permit you can get, but uh, it's very difficult to get and uh, very specific. Like uh, for an example, you can't get a permit to take your Glock 19 into the wilderness for bear defense because that's unreasonable <laughs> and, and i would agree with that but at the same time um you in order to get that permit you need a specific you need to list the specific firearm you're going to use and where but you mm-hmm. can do that it's just paper highly uncommon yeah right i believe uh, that one of the of the options or, or the exemptions if i remember right is actually you get is for trappers right is there's an exemption uh, anyone. for trapping no, using handguns, not specifically for trapping, but okay. those are the purposes that you could get a permit to do that, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, the idea behind why you would want a handgun instead of a shotgun, for example, is mm-hmm. you're working or using both of your hands and long guns get in the way. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So you would want your handgun also near you and ready to use in, an, in a, uh, in a uh, place that it's right. quickly available, obviously. Um, and so they're easy to do that with. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of anybody using one of those exemptions or licenses to do that? Have, have you ever heard of anybody getting uh, the approval to do that? I believe I know one person that used to work for forestry, and I have no idea if he still does or not, that, that did have a permit for that. And gotcha. But he carried a 460 Smith & Wesson. So that's a hand, a hand cannon, if there ever was one. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that would kill a bear if it attacked it. Absolutely. Yeah, nine mil would not. I'm assuming. That, no, no, nine Gordon. nine millimeter would piss off a bear. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might be okay against a small black bear, but it's about when you're when you're talking about defending yourself from a charging animal, you're talking about energy right. uh, transferred mm-hmm. to the the animal, and and guns just don't have it. Right. It's not just a matter of Generally killing it; speaking. it's a matter of stopping it. Because correct. Yeah, your nine millimeter may kill it. But it's probably going to kill you first. And well, that's just the thing. Down. But uh, I personally, when I'm in the in the woods, I use uh, either a 12 gauge or a 4570, both of mm-hmm. which have a, a massive amount of lead transfer. So, so that's a new term I've never heard. A massive amount of lead transfer. That is like an go. old 460 <laughs> carburetor that you yeah. lead gasoline was <laughs> high amounts right. of lead transfer. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just for. Uh, I don't remember the exact amount. I think it's about 800 grains in an ounce. 
and a nine millimeter bullet is 124 grains, a typical one. Uh, and both a 12 gauge and a, and a 4570 are pretty close to one ounce in the bullet weight. So that gives you an idea of the force transferred. Mm-hmm. So I should ask anyway. is I believe, so years ago I, I was licensed in Canada, but it's been a lot of years since I've done the, uh, the course. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, all automatics are all banned in Canada. Is, is, is that all right? fully oh, yeah. automatic are prohibited? Yeah. Yes. So, what's yeah. the reasoning behind that? Um, I'm not asking logic. I'm just asking for what the reasoning is behind that. Well, again, there. I mean, from experience, I can tell you that a fully automatic weapon is just about useless in a practical sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Very fun, probably. Uh, I've only ever shot them at ranges in Vegas, so uh, that was enjoyable. But, I mean, a lot of it, honestly, is a guess that right. it comes from uh, the perception of what they can do from movies, which is wildly inaccurate. So I really have no answer for that. It's, I mean, they're they're not to be used by people that are untrained because they're very hard to handle, but, uh, if you use them in a safe way, there's no reason that anyone shouldn't be able to get one. So a little bit later in the show, we're going to look at some memes and it's again, some of the, <laughs> the humorous ideas of where these things are rooted, but there really is not a lot of logic, even for, even for some progressives, i.e. William in the idea well, of gun control. And I'm not saying none. I'm saying there's no. not a lot. And this, this is the point where I'm going to, I'm going to come in and explain that I'm probably, I'm going to, I'm going to perturb anyone who watches the show and, and, and is progressive like myself. Generally speaking, when it comes to gun control, I don't like it. Um, Cause I, I actually do largely side with, with both of you that most of the rules implementations that we have in Canada, specifically around firearms registration and gun control are, are enacted by people who do not understand what they're doing. They're reactionary. And Wayne hit it on the head, I think, when he talked about the perception of what a fully automatic firearm can do. A, a lot of, I think, the laws that we write in Canada are are written around a perception and metrics and how it looks for voters and things like that, as opposed to actually what is logical, what makes sense. Like the banning of AR-15s. There are so many weapons there are so many firearms that do the exact same thing that an AR-15 can do that aren't going to be on that list because they're not an AR-15. An AR-15 is just, that's that's the bad man gun. That that no good. No bad man gun. Bad man gun bad. Can't if have. If you're going to say things like that, at least can you do it in like a different <laughs> accent? Because no, <laughs> no English-speaking person talks like that. <laughs> do your Tonto speak sure. or something, you know? Oh, good Lord. That, that, that'll, that'll go over well. No. Or some other speak, because I have never heard <laughs> any English-speaking person. <laughs> it's not about the English-speaking; it's about the the lack of the lack of intelligence involved. Oh, it's okay. dumbing it down yeah. to like the lowest. Gotcha. It, it's 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 creating rules when you're functioning below the mental poverty line that is leading to decisions like that. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. The AR-15, I think, has been used in about a grand total of three crimes on record in Canada. And this mm-hmm. ban was focused around that firearm, so there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just it's a kicking horse or boat getting. That's all it is. Yeah, like 
just as as an example, like I'm looking, I have I have a wish list of firearms that I would love to own one day, and one of them is an. I promise it, you, they're all on the list. Well, they weren't until relatively <laughs> recently, but there's one, and it it just by changing the barrel length on on the gun changes its classification as to whether or not it is an AR or a hunting rifle. The only mm. thing that changes on it. You mean is, whether it's restricted or not restricted? Yeah, sorry, whether it's restricted yeah. or not. Yep. And that, that's all that changes. It doesn't change the over, like the, the major functionality of the firearm doesn't really change. I mean, obviously, its accuracy over long ranges will change and its concealability will change mildly, but to such so, a small degree as to be negligible. So why is that the case, Wayne? If you're familiar with these, why... And again, I'm asking for the reasoning and behind that. If you have... I, I don't know what those what the lengths are. If, if you have a shotgun with an 18-inch barrel... Or, or a 30-inch barrel, I don't know what lengths are, so you can, you can clarify that. But why the difference in the classification on the length of the barrel? It's, it's got to be concealability. The length of the mm-hmm. barrel classification uh, is mixed with the overall length, uh, mm-hmm. right? So it's 18 and a half inch barrel or okay. 26 inches overall length. Anything mm-hmm. that's less than either of those two okay. would be a restricted. So my, uh, my AR-15 that I have is a 16 so it's right. either way even if ARs were to not be restricted by name it would be anyways right mm-hmm. yeah so in my research this afternoon I was reading about all the rifles and the classification in the US and one of of the common misconceptions is that an AR15 is an assault rifle yes. and that AR actually means assault rifle and it means nothing no. of the sort and it's not an assault no. rifle it's it, not. No. Our AR means Armalite rifle, which yeah. is yeah. The, the original manufacturer of Eugene Stoner's design back in the 70s, 60s. Yeah, the AR-15 is a, is a brand, not a classification. Yeah. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. And yet in everybody's mind, including in the voters, and this is why mm-hmm. it's used in these, in these laws and these bills, mm-hmm. it's called an assault rifle. And mm-hmm. it's not an assault rifle. An assault rifle is no. a completely different animal. Yeah. Right. Even so, if there is an assault uh, rifle, I don't even know if there is a classification of an assault rifle. Is there, Wayne, as you might know? No. An assault rifle, by definition, has selector full auto fire. So it's it would be banned in our system. In our, uh, it would be classified as prohibited. Gotcha. But that's yeah. the difference between an AR-15 and uh, in, in Canada it would be a C7 or in the United States an M4 carbine. Uh, an actual assault rifle is. They are full auto. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I will or, or or burst or burst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, I just had to throw that in there for technical correction. The M16 yeah. assault rifles are not full auto. They're burst only. Mm-hmm. So so to put this in the jargon of married people and of good people who know what I'm talking about, <laughs> you can have a single sh- shot which is an old guy who's been married for 50 years. You can have the semi-auto which is a guy who just newly married about five years ago, or you can have the burst, which is a kid on his first date. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Will, I was going to go there, but I was going to do it in rifle terms. I've been thinking about that all day long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm probably going to lose my license. I won't get banned for that, except I will for vaccine and COVID. <laughs> I think, oh, yeah. I think the kid on the first date we would call a negligent discharge. <laughs> 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 
throw some uh, gun gun humor for you. <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, so we're so we're we're aiming into this land of explaining the the um rationale, on. the lack of rationale. Mm-hmm. The word that came to mind was lunacy. And that yeah, it probably is is overboard a little bit for those who are sort of in the middle of the fence or on the fence on this. Although I think if you look at the logic of gun laws, it, it it's hard to logically implement them. There's no criminal is going to register his gun or use a legally obtained gun as a rule. Is that not correct? Pretty much. Most, like, yeah. It, one of the hardest things I have to try to explain to myself some days is, you know, it's already illegal to shoot people or to kill people, if you will. Right. So why is it illegal to do it a specific way? And that's mm-hmm. really what it boils down to. What gun control is, it just makes crimes that are already crimes more criminal if you have a gun. Right, which is saying it's illegal or it's more illegal. Right. Yeah, it's illegaler. It's illegal. It's illegaler. <laughs> there we it's go. illegaler. So... It's, yeah, it boggles see, the mind I, some days. And some, I don't, for, for some people, sorry to cut you off, Will, some people okay. that are maybe on the fence or don't quite understand um, the system or the, the laws in a practical sense, mm-hmm. it would it, and encourage you to go out with, I'm sure somebody's got a friend that's a uh, gun nut, for lack of a better term, and see how they f- work on a functional level, have some... Uh, someone show you some real guns and how they work and the laws surrounding them. Uh, it becomes pretty clear, pretty fast that whoever wrote the laws didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. We could s- say that about a lot of laws, I think, but, but this yeah. one is really obvious. I mean, it's hard yeah. to look at that. Yeah. yeah. This is where I want to push back on the word, on the word lunacy, but not push back the way you think I'm going to push back on it is I don't think it's lunacy. I think it's incredibly, incredibly, I think it's a, a tactical choice because basically using, using gun control and, and scary firearms as a, as a political football or punching bag, it's the gift that keeps on giving for progressive politicians. If you want something that your voter base is going gonna, is gonna to absolutely adore you to talk about and that the other guys are not, gun control. Guns are bad. And they, they just keep picking apart that concept of guns are bad in ways that as people who know something about firearms sounds absolutely ridiculous. But people who don't know much about firearms, they're like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, whew, wow, that's, that's pretty scary stuff. It's, it's, it's a dead horse that they're going to keep beating until it stops spitting out votes. Yep. So far, it keeps spitting out votes, so I don't think we're yeah. anywhere near the end. And, and that is a problem. And I think at this stage, you get into the conspiracy side where where they know it's dumb, they keep doing it as it works for them and not, not because it makes anybody safer, but because it gives them votes. And I, mm-hmm. I can't help but believe that politicians know that. Yeah. Somebody does. The politicians themselves may not, but somebody who says, yeah, this is a good idea, right. sure does. Yeah. So in the light of that, I think we want to go into the memes a little bit and then we'll, and then we'll end or no, I want to look at the difference in applications actually, as there is, and we talked before the show on this, mm-hmm. 
we looked at if we wanted get to look at the difference in applications for owning a rifle in or or any gun in Canada. If you are a white or Caucasian, or if you are First Nations, or of Indian, well, I, I think our initial search was just any differences in registration, and this is one of the first ones that jumped out at us. Was yeah. that there, there are differences between me registering Oops. for a firearm and someone who who has their uh, their um, oh, what's the term? It's not a First Nations card, but their First Nations status, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I ran into is that if you are Aboriginal in Canada, you'd you list all your name, your address, and everything, and then you have to have a reason for honing a rifle mm-hmm. or a gun of any kind. And that's okay. I sort of, I get that. And then you can give an elder or leader's information, who is an elder or leader in the, on the reserve or the tribe mm-hmm. or of the nation or whatever they are, and then you sign it. There can be any, I, I assume that applies to everyone because... I would have a similar section just without the elder classification any leader or any peer who vouches for me. Essentially, it's someone vouching for you, is it not? It's a reference, yes. And, the, and then yeah. you get the reference in the elder or leader recommendation. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. Yeah, it's just extra slots for extra, or extra yeah. references. Mm-hmm. Or we can look at one for, for, for you and me. Mm-hmm you have to say a whole bunch more stuff. You have to you have to have your proof of identity, which is not in the other one. You have to list your personal history. Mm-hmm. Have you Conjugal ever been... status? Yes, have you... Including your marital status. And I want to ask you, Wayne, mm-hmm. is there a rash of shooters in Canada who are divorced? I don't think so. There's a rash of suicides from people who have recently ended long-term relationships. That's, it's, that's it's less the about reason that information is on this application, yes. is to But wouldn't that have been in 16 letter D, not in 16 F? I don't know. Have you ever threatened or attempted suicide? Have you ever, ever suffered? or? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have to come back here. Okay. Um, and then we go into our conjugal status, mm-hmm. which again, it depends if you've been married for 50 years or your first date, yep. who your partner is. Mm-hmm. And if the partner has any concerns, they're supposed to call. Mm-hmm. And see, I like the fact that this section exists within the application. I just sit here and wonder why is that not on the other application? Okay. And the I'm information, okay with those questions. And the information about your formal conjugal partner. Mm-hmm. So if you got a divorce and your ex is mad at you, she can nix your gun application right here. Yep. She All can she has to do is save the right really thing. Difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go through the course. You know, mm-hmm. If you've taken the course, you have to do one reference and a second reference and a photo guarantor. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there are fees if, you are for, if you're not First Nations. Mm-hmm. Why the difference? A part of it is that it's a little ironic, but uh, part of it is that it's considered part of the natives or Aboriginal people of Canada's heritage to hunt, uh, mm-hmm. but not so much for ours, which is 
strange. So I understand that, except I don't understand if the issue is safety. Mm -hmm. Then why the loophole or the omission? Right. So why the difference? If the whole idea of this is for safety, I absolutely agree. If if their their historical uses for hunting, I get that. Yeah, but this comes right back to it being a political. It's 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 purely political, and on a progressive side of things putting restrictions on a, a, an Aboriginal's right to own a firearm is going to, it's going to track bad. That's going to go over mm-hmm. badly. That's going to, that's going to cost them voters on the reserves. So they won't do it. Yep. It, is no, it has nothing to do in that, in that specific sense. I don't think it has anything to do with safety whatsoever. It has everything to do with locking in boats. My eye is starting to twitch. And yeah. my eye twitches when I come across <laughs> this amazingly illogical it's hypocrisy. System. It's it's oh, it is. Yeah. clear, clear it, and present hypocrisy. It really shows that it's not really about safety. It's about optics and votes when mm-hmm. these differences are so front and center. So what if I get this right and will I I'd like you to uh, to chime in on this is this is a progressive idea. This whole thing about guns is really a progressive idea. Gun registration okay, and which, control really it resides in the left. Mostly yes. Mostly yes. Well, no, I think you could say it entirely relies on the on the left. I don't think there's a whole lot of Republican or conservative voters in Canada or the US who go yay yay gun control. Yeah, gun it control on the left-hand yeah. side of center. Yeah. Gun control is definitely a left thing. Gun registration why, might be a little more mixed, but gun control is definitely left. Why is this a hill that they really want to die on. The, okay, are we talking people or politicians? People, because it isn't only politicians. I mean, I've heard lots of so, kids who who defend this, who don't have an eye to history. Because to them, it's the way it's been branded and sold to them is that by by dying on this hill, they are potentially saving lives. That they are doing something better for their community. They're making their lives and their potential children's lives safer by making the world they live in safer. It's because it has been branded, packaged, and sold to them as such. I don't think, I I don't blame these kids like the 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 kids from down the states. What is it, Stonewall Jackson shooting and everything? Those kids that are still still involved in in rallies and movements. I don't blame those kids. I blame the people that are shoveling it to the kids. That, that them doing that is somehow going to make some substantial difference. Right. There are ways to make differences. That ain't it. Yep. But it tracks really well. So are it gets we votes. all in agreement on this show? Holy cow, has that ever happened? Hard to believe. Jeez. Okay, we're <laughs> Especially gonna go on back. a topic like this. Yeah, we're going to go back to our memes. I guess there's some good ones. <laughs> we should cover these. Now you might it's... get some pushback when it comes to the memes, but... As it's fun. Okay. <laughs> Here's the first one. <laughs> this is, this is the closest. Describe this one as your pro pro gun this is the control. Closest we could get the pro gun control. This is the closest one I could come to pro gun control. Was this? It, it, yeah, I really I, need. What kind of gun is that, Wayne? That is either an AR-15 or an M4. And those are rifle. illegal in Canada, right? No, AR-15s are well. They are now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Just this like, is. This is everywhere. Yeah. 
Go ahead, oh, Will. I'm sorry, I cut you off. I want to actually tie the previous image and this image together. When people complain that you know they can't defend themselves in the government if they don't have these guns, right? This is the thought that I always come back to: is that if the government wants to kill you, they're not, they're not going to have an air like a, they're not going to have a gunfight with you. They're they're just gonna they're gonna drone strike your ass into right. oblivion. It's it, they're operating like if you're thinking that you're going to resist the government as a whole, in individual instances, sure, and in a in a home self defense instance, sure. Right. But resisting the government on a large scale front, I don't think is that arms race is, isn't right. isn't even remotely fair anymore. It isn't fighting on different levels. You're thinking of small groups of people. If gun mm-hmm. control isn't a thing and people are not barred from arming themselves, then it becomes a bunch of equipment and a few operators against a nation. Mm-hmm. That's a very different thing. So also in the research for doing this and for looking for memes, I came across an article and it was actually, it was by a Jewish, he was a professor at Columbia, I believe, and he wrote an article on gun control, Nazi Germany gun control. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting, is actually, again, the Nazis were, they relinquished a lot of gun control for Germans and not for Jews. And so it was used as a means for controlling uh, the Jews and mm-hmm. not the general populace. And this is where you get a lot of gun people who say, well, if the government really wants to remove uh, the guns, they're, they must have an ulterior motive, as that is why Nazi Germany did it. Right. There was an ulterior motive. It was not overall all gun control in Nazi Germany. It, it only was for the Jews. And if you if you break it down, like what we've been talking about tonight, in essence, it is an ulterior motive in the sense that it's votes. Right. I don't think it's quite as as mustache twirling and sinister as, you know, planning some sort of hostile takeover, but certainly planning a political takeover. Sure. Absolutely. Would you do that again, Will? Your mustache, mustache twirling? Yeah, that was good. Thank you. <laughs> it's my version of the tinfoil hat. This is, is, is where you need it. Got your trigger warning. I do believe that this yeah. is photoshopped. I don't think this is a real photo, although it makes the point. It, it's yeah, it's definitely doctored, but yeah. So, Willie, you may want to read these for our audience. Right, right. So, for those of you who are listening and not reading, it says gun control doesn't mean what you think it means. It means only the state will have guns. If you think that's a good idea, you need to read a history book. What kind of gun is that in the in the bunker, Wayne? Any idea? In the, the bunker? bunker, that looks like a World War II era rotary machine yeah. gun. Yeah, it's, that's a Browning MG, I believe. Mm-hmm. This is a good one because what's this actor's name? Will you know him? Um, um, Sam. I should know, but he this. always gets put in these memes. It's yeah. funny because he's California born, born and bred. He's been an actor since he was like eighteen. He's a California boy through and through. Yeah. He's liberal as they I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know his personal standing, but I think the reason he gets put in these is his uh, appearance and voice. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, Will, you want to read this one in his voice? I can't do his voice. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not that. I don't have the, 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 the timbre for that. Uh, you you actually believe criminal criminals will obey gun control laws? You're a special kind of stupid, aren't you? So we're going to get into that in one of the future ones here that I have. Again, isn't that far away? It's actually mm. this one. <laughs> yeah. 84,999,987 legal firearm odors killed no one yesterday. So, and I don't this know where they is got one the number, of but. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a made-up number for the plaque. But still. This is one the of the track. arguments that that every guy against any kind of gun control will say. Since when are legal gun owners, when are they killing people? And are there any, like, are there any cases of this? Very, very few. They're definitely the minority. Uh, I'll just take this opportunity to kick in a uh, Canadian reference, and that is that legal firearms owners, like uh, licensed firearms owners, yeah. are the people in Canada least likely to commit a crime. Sitting parliament representatives are more likely to commit crime than we are. Well, any politician is more likely to commit <laughs> a crime. I know. I just had to throw that in there. Yeah. And this, this is one of long. the famous ones from you know, from Reagan. On Ronald Reagan? Reagan? The actor? <laughs> okay. The actor. <laughs> you won't get gun control by disarming law-abiding citizens. The only, there's only one way to get real gun control. Disarm the thugs and the criminals. Lock them up, and if you don't actually throw away the key, at least lose it for a long time. It's a nasty truth, but those who seek to inflict harm are not phased by gun controllers. I happen to know this from personal experience. And I don't know if he actually said that, and I'm sure no there are lots of holes in that that we could, we mm-hmm. could, <laughs> we could poke. But the rough idea still holds water. It does. Yep. That that gun control isn't really going to stop criminals from getting firearms to begin with. You can read this one, Will, and again, then we'll go back and talk about it because I like A wolf story. attacks a sheep. The sheep dies. Other sheep observe the killing and notice that the teeth killed the sheep. The sheep remove their own teeth for their own safety. The wolf still has its teeth and can still kill sheep. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the sheep are really using their teeth to kill much of anything, but yes, the idea still still tracks. Is So is there... So as, as an owner of guns and... And obviously, of one who owns an AR-15, so you must actually, at heart, you really are a bad guy, Wayne. I totally am. Is there any amount of logical ideas for gun laws or, regist- or, or registration, registration etc.? Is there any amount? I know in the U.S. it's like, absolutely not. I don't want to have anybody know that I own guns and I shouldn't have to. But is there a logical well, argument for some? The only logical reason to register a firearm is to help trace it if it's ever stolen. But most people that steal them destroy the traceability on them. So it, it kind of defeats the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, the other reason that's often spouted for registration is so that if a police officer has to go to X person's home for a visit, they can look up that person and see if they own any guns. Um, which is a bit of a fallacy in logic um, because if I was, if I was in that job, I would pretty much assume that if I had to go to somebody's house to do a house call, then either they have them or you would assume whether they're registered or not, they have them. Yeah. I would think there's a ton of other red flags that would come up way before whether or not they own a firearm. Are they mentally unstable? Do they have a criminal record? Those are yeah. all other trackable things. Right. So totally. this is one that we should look at. Is there any any sort of logical reason for background investigation or checks? Yes, there is. Yeah. Um, I think, like, if uh, I can't remember the specific rules in Canada, but if, if there's certain laws that if you've been convicted of them, you can't have a license. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, 
to some degree. I, I'm of the opinion that unless it's a very serious crime, anybody should be able to get a, a rifle or a shotgun that's capable of hunting so that they can provide for their family. Um, but those are also uh, not typically the weapons that are used in crimes. It's generally speaking handguns and especially illegally imported handguns that are used in crimes. So, mm -hmm. um, but as a rule of thumb, I would say, yes, a background check is a reasonable, uh, the, I believe the liberal government is attempting to lengthen the background check for applicants to their entire life, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I think it applies to certain crimes, but it, I at what point, like how far back is it going to go? Right. Like, can you, can you hold somebody who you know committed a crime at the age of 12, went to juvie, no matter how violent that is, they were still growing up. If the rest totally. of their life has been, you know, spick and span, are we going to cut them off from that completely? Exactly. So I think that's a little unreasonable, but uh, I believe the current rule is 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's sort of interesting in looking at the application for, for owning a firearm in Canada, the, the inference that if you are divorcee or bankrupt, etc., you are likely yet to cause harm either for others or yourself. And, and I'll give you the suicide More likely. portion. Well, it's, I'm it's, it's, it's statistical stress is all it is. Like th that's why I okay. assume they're putting it in there. Now, whether or not I think that's a, a particularly, whether that, that variable carries as much weight as they seem to treat it, right. or seem to think it does, I'm not sure. But I think that's why. Is there, they're looking at or looking for things that would place an extreme amount of stress on a person. So, so I, me, I look at that and I think why the focus on that, on the marital, you know, on your previous husband or wife, um, that to me, it, it gives grounds for a lot of manipulation of the system. It, it does. But uh, I believe statistically speaking, just talking about murder in general, you're more mm. likely to be murdered by a family member than any other person. So mm. that's probably where that comes from. Um, yeah. But also I'll throw in that given the length of time it takes to get a license, this isn't the route that someone would go mm -hmm. if they yeah. were going to flip out and murder their spouse or their old boss yeah. that just canned them or whatever. So it's a little bit of a misnomer that it's even there because yeah. in Canada, that doesn't someone's not the same. Someone's not going to wait a year to get a license, legally purchase a firearm and ammunition and then go on a killing spree for something that happened a year ago. Right. Yeah, that doesn't make or any even sense. a week ago. Yeah, they they would have yeah. they would have moved on or found another way to do it. If if they're mm -hmm. intent on violence, they'll find another way. Right. It was actually am I looking for memes? I found one I mentioned in the pre game, in the pre show chat. There's a meme that Home Depot ought to ought to be held more liable for gun or for deaths in Canada and the U.S. than any gun manufacturer. More people are killed by hammers than guns or drunk driving, just ban alcohol or, or texting and driving. Yeah. Yeah. That's another. Oh, um, that one would be so easy to fix. Pokemon Go fixed that. It's true. Pokemon Go has has a system in the game where if you're moving past like 15 kilometers an hour, the game won't mm -hmm. function because it knows that you're driving while using it. But, All you have to do is install that on phones so that if you're going faster than 15 miles an hour, you can't text. But no more texting and driving. Passenger? Yeah. What if you're a I mean, passenger? Sure. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that there are options. Okay. That, that was more of a joke than like a okay. legitimate okay. ironclad ironclad oh, idea. That's a, <laughs> it's a lousy <laughs> idea because I texted. Yeah. I, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another uh, obvious hole in the in the logic is that if it was really about safety, there's a lot of other things that this amount of money that's spent on gun control could be spent on and mm-hmm. effectively save people. That's the part that gets my goat is the amount of money that is sunken into doing something that isn't making very much difference. Yeah. There's that's, been a lot of studies really gets me done. Yeah. There's been a lot of studies done by a lot of uh, pretty high universities, mm-hmm. uh, you know, high caliber universities and the CDC even, there's little or no difference made by gun control. So I think, I think that you can easily see that if you look at it from the perspective of logic, mm-hmm. but I also know that when you look at politics, a lot of it isn't logical. It gets another end in me. There's another end in mind. If it be mm-hmm. votes, if it be for yeah, control absolutely. of an election, if it be, if it be for, for claiming a narrative, yeah, you may use it as a tool, and I wonder if this is not a just another example. Uh, yeah, I, I would like. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up a more American aspect of this story. But when we talk about the difference between gun control and gun registration, um, this is where my progressivism is going to show a little bit, and that I think gun registration of at least some form or factor should be mandatory. I mean, you have to register to drive a vehicle. You should have to register to own a firearm. And in the States, there's still a lot of ways to access firearms legally that don't require any kind of background check or waiting period. A lot of states have things no. like, gun, like gun show loopholes. There's no gun show loopholes. And there's no way to buy a firearm in the United States without getting a background check. Mm. I'm going to look that up right now, actually, as because you guys can argue uh, that. No. I'm going to look it up. Well, no, I have, I'm I have talk- to know before. I'm talking about at a store. Right. Like, I mean, obviously what people do between themselves privately, there's, you can't control, but yeah, that's just it is that that's the, the, the private sale is, is where that loophole comes into effect. It's not at stores. No, you're absolutely right. right. So while you're looking, I'll ask you a question. Are you talking about registering of the individual or the firearm? Mm, because I just think the individual having the, having the, the right to purchase the firearm. Okay, so I would agree in one sense, and that is that I think it's reasonable to expect that if someone wants to own a firearm, they need to know the risks associating with using it. Yeah. And there is no other way to document that someone has done it than to do that. Exactly. Though I don't think that it should bar a person from being able to get them. See, I, I just feel that similar to a driver's license, a certain a person has to show that they have at least a a cursory knowledge of the thing they're trying to do and right. documentation that's why that proves asked, that they've yeah. That's why I asked the question is because your your statement implied you're talking about the individual as opposed to the firearm. Yes. Right. So I'm looking so I, I would agree in some ways. Yeah. Because I, I think that with, gun control or gun control in the sense of, you know, certain specific especially when you're getting into like the specifics of rifles and things that gun control makes virtually no difference in, there's no reason for that to exist or be enforced or for us to waste money on it. We could be spending that money on things that save way more lives. So many more lives. 
true and and do so much more good for our communities than than just shoveling money into a fire like that yeah i'm just looking and here just give me just the, a second the the gun, I, I can give you the brief rundown of the gun the gun show loophole dave and it's for the private sale of firearms so if you're at a private sale event well, in some no. states, you can sell without having to provide any identification or background check. That's not actually true. Is it not? And I agreed with Wayne, and I'm wrong, actually. In Alabama, there is no... There... No, I'll give the caveat. This is Wikipedia. Hmm. So let's just do that caveat right off front. So in Alabama, there is no requirement for firearm or, or for permit for purchase or for owner license, or any kind of registration. Alaska is the same thing. Um, Arizona, the same thing. There are no requirements. For Arkansas, no requirements. Um, to buy them or to own them? Either. Interesting. I was under the impression that you are you have to do a background check with the FBI, no matter where you are. Nope. Hey. The, and they're not required in Alabama, not now is this is this overall or is this gun show specific like private sales? This is this is just Wikipedia gun laws in the okay. U.S. by state. Yeah, I, I couldn't speak as to exactly which state, but the the gun show loophole that I'm referring to is is specifically Good. regarding private sales between people. private sales. Yeah, yeah. Of course, there's nothing. I mean, it's even in Canada, that. they're they're regulated in the fact that you're not allowed to sell one to a person that doesn't have a valid license, but. How do they track uh, that? If, how do you track that? How do you enforce yeah. that? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So all depending. You tell them, you tell them your gun broke. And here then on you the state somebody is else. what it depends on. You know, and that yes, is absolutely. The, it's sort of interesting in the U.S. is you can you can be legal in Arizona. You mm-hmm. go over over the border into California and be illegal. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And yeah. get arrested. Yeah. That's why we didn't go too heavily into the stateside stuff today, because right. mm-hmm. that, that's a whole can of worms that would yeah. take hours to unpack. Oh, yeah, state for sure. State. Yeah, I'll, I'll do some research on that statement that I made as well and let you guys know. But. Well, it is interesting, though, and, and I wonder this, you know, if if you want to look at logically, wouldn't it be more logical if if you had the vote of the people to do it? And if if these are what the people wanted and they got it approved, then have at her. And Alberta and BC would be two, two completely different systems, you know. Mm, and wouldn't yeah. that be more logical if people want it? Have at her, you know. And, and all the gun owners are going to move to Alberta, you know, or or to BC or whatever the case may be, you know. The Texas I, of Canada, yeah, yeah the Texas yeah. of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just wonder if, if logically, if we're looking for logic and for democracy, you know. If the will of the people is, and I look at the laws in Canada, and I don't think they really are the will of the people, as people never voted on them. Yeah, it was imposed on them. You yeah, know, the, through their elected officials. To use specifically the the changes that were made to gun registration in Canada after that, the what was it not New Brunswick, um, Newfoundland shooting. Mm-hmm. That's a particular sore spot for me, who is very very pro democracy and will of the people. That was not voted on. That decision was made no. unilaterally by the government. Yeah, they were just we're doing this. Boop, done. Yep. And that, that doesn't sit well with me at all. So if I am the owner of an AR-15 in Canada, if mm-hmm. I lived in Canada and I lived in Alberta and I own an AR, and overnight there's a law that says it's illegal now. Mm-hmm. 
what are my options for that gun? I have to leave it in my safe. Is it you? So I own it legally. Is it legal in my safe if I never take it out? Yes, because yeah, I'll show my true colors here a little bit. They haven't figured out a way to take them from us yet legally. So Hmm. it's so we'll get into a slight technicality here. So mm-hmm. when we're talking about a firearm in Canada, we're talking about the serialized portion of the firearm. Okay. And so what I mean by that is an AR-15 is hundreds of parts. Right. And the only part that is the registered AR-15 is the part that houses the trigger mechanism, okay. which is a chunk of aluminum. So once you take it apart, it's parts which are not regulated or, or controllable by law in, in the current, like the current laws, uh, the uppers, which is the, the an AR 15 comes apart into an upper and a lower. Mm-hmm. The uppers are also uh, banned on the OIC. Uh, but again, you can just take them apart into pieces mm-hmm. and then they're just pieces. So it's some silliness displayed in the logic there, but right. the piece, the lower, it's the registered serialized part. Um, you would have to make arrangements for the RC to, RCMP to come get it from you in order to legally turn it in. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you take, can't it, take it anywhere. No. Okay. Which is really interesting in hearing that because I have a friend in Canada. It actually is a brother-in-law, and he wanted a scope. He wanted one of rifle scopes, and so he asked me because it, it was less expensive here. Mm-hmm. in the U.S. So he asked me if are you able to buy it and bring it up? I said, sure, I am. I don't care. So I called the border as, as I cross a fair bit. So I call because I don't want to get caught doing anything wrong. Breaking, breaking the ITAR? Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely not. And he went even further. He said, you are not allowed to do anything on any and any aspect of a gun. If it is a if it is a bolt if it is uh, like anything on a gun, y- you are not allowed to cross the border with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's international. I think I believe that's UN regulations coming into play, with, and they, it's uh, designed to prevent arms trafficking. So it's works parts, really well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, and in Canada, parts and optics, and yeah. there's a many many different things that fall under that umbrella. Yeah, yeah. He said you mm-hmm. can move any part of a gun. Mm-hmm. Like a sight. He said, no, you yeah. can't bring a sight. He said a screw, no, a bolt. If, if, it is, if it's engineered and manufactured for a gun, you can't bring it across the border. Mm. To, Correct. To throw a curveball at that, imagine how interesting and how flab- well, not flabbergasted, but how twisted and how convoluted these laws are going to get now that we're getting into this age where you can 3D print parts. Totally. <laughs> if you can just email the designs for a part to a friend and they can pre- 3D print them, how the where where in the world does firearms law and international law come into right. effect there and how could they even possibly like it's it's a kerfuffle right now right as yeah. 3d well, printing is getting closer and closer to being able to produce functional yeah. firearms mm-hmm. i say well, functional they, we've made ones made, that can shoot just not very well right well many many different ones uh, <clears throat> the the parts that are the parts that hold the parts that work have no real stress on them right. so yeah. plastic works just fine which right. is a weird concept yeah yeah <laughs> but it makes it again pretty much impossible to control that mm-hmm. 
So we'll wrap this up. I, I believe we're all unified in our, our disdain for the, for the logic of gun control. But I'm going to leave it to you, William, to wrap up and sort of give the, give the progressive angle on it, as I don't think any of us here feel that way, although you may have a better idea of how they think. I mean, I, th- I think I said it already in the sense that I feel like most most progressive people, I mean, there's different angles, different avenues that have their own value, I think. I know some people who believe that gun control, especially in, term, in, in regards to like handguns and things, should be a lot more strict because handguns are used in most firearm-related suicides, which, yes, but if you're suicidal, you'll probably find another way. I mean, shooting yourself is just one way of going about it. I don't think whether or not you have a gun is really going to be the defining factor on whether or not you commit suicide. I think it's just a small piece of the puzzle um, and things like that. They look at it all through a lens of it being kind of a humanitarian, a compassionate move towards a more peaceful society, which is great and all, but the day you can convince me that people are becoming more peaceful as a whole is the day I'll probably be more supportive of it, which will probably be about the same day pigs fly. So there is an argument and I it's the only valid one I've ever heard is who needs an AR-15. I mean, I and want my, one. <laughs> and my argument is, is why should my wants need to be regulated? And that is, is where I come from. But there is an argument that says you don't need one, so why do we sell them? But Well, why do we sell sports cars? Exactly. Yeah. Because they're fun. Right. Oh, yeah. but they kill people, so we shouldn't have them. Well, I mean, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to kills necessarily... <laughs> I didn't necessarily <laughs> want to whip out that analogy, but... Yeah. Um, when we're talking about, uh, you know, regulations, licenses, and that sort of thing, uh, I'm not opposed to gun licenses being a thing from the standpoint of making sure that people know what they're doing when they get mm-hmm. them. Yeah. But you don't apply for a vehicle license. You take your money and you pass your test and you get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the way they should work as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you show that you have the competence to do it and you yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I'm a little more of a stickler on the background check, but yeah, you, you pass well, a certainly. basic level, but yeah, a basic check just, and you, you pass the test, go, you're good. Have exactly. Fun. You pass the requirements, you get the license. There's none of this uh, sending it away to be judged by whoever, the mm-hmm. government, right? That's, that's where it becomes an issue for me. It's because mm-hmm. who decides whether or not I can do what I want? Yeah. If I've never done anything bad or wrong, hurt anybody and why shouldn't i have it i've done lots of bad things but none of them affected anybody mortally right <laughs> william, driving, maybe. william yeah. might argue well no i've never killed anybody, so i've never affected them mortally now william might argue some a of terrible my, excuse some of my actions might have affected him just not mortally yeah <laughs> yeah but that that ties back into when we first started about the uh, full auto stuff too right like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the risk is great, which is why I, I like the analogy to cars, because the risk is great with cars as well. So you need to know what you're doing. You need to get training um, mm-hmm. in order to be a responsible owner. But mm-hmm. I kind of like just, I kind of stick it up there again with the car analogy. If you own a sports car, then it's painted red and it goes really fast. Your insurance premiums will be through the roof. If you're going to own a more dangerous, more aggressive 
higher rate of fire firearm, there's probably going to be some more hoops to jump through. I'm, th- I'm, I'm relatively okay with that. Yep. So let me ask you something, William. Again, I want to knock this off. I don't want to hit, although I think you, you angled in on something that I don't like, and, and so I have to argue with you a little bit. Why should your vehicle, if it's a Hugo that goes 80 miles or 8 miles an hour, or if you have a Lamborghini, which says 180 miles an hour, why should the vehicle insure Determine for more? Your insurance? Yes, I think how you drive should affect your insurance. Oh, I, I think your how you drive should Not absolutely affect your insurance. I think the vehicle... So if you've never had an accident... It's, why should it's it cost purely more? it's purely statistics. I mean, I don't know from a from a, a regulation standpoint in the vehicles case. In the vehicles case, it's it's purely an insurer standpoint. Insurers right. say, "Hey, people who own Lamborghinis get in more expensive accidents, so we're going to make insuring Lamborghinis more expensive right. to incentivize them not to get into accidents." That's that's just them saving their butts. Okay. Statistics. Okay. So I, I don't know how far that metaphor goes. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it's gonna it's gonna lose it here somewhere, but as I know, Wayne has a sports car, so he probably is pissed at what he pays extra a year in insurance. <laughs> it's not red though. No, it's so black. The... It goes even faster than the red ones. <laughs> so what's the difference in insurance in between your pickup and your Mustang, Wayne? Uh, actually, the Mustang is less because I work with a pickup, uh, so I'm required to carry extra insurance extra. due to liability for the work. So it's a little bit uh, weird right. that way. Um, I think my wife's expedition family vehicle and the car are relatively close. So uh, the car is quite a bit older, so maybe that has something to do with it. But when I was uh, in the age group of risk, it was expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's another. There's so many other factors that apply into that. Yeah. Absolutely. So you and your dad ought to live here as here you can get insurance, which is by the mile. And I oh. know how much you drive your cars, which isn't much. You probably would not get much. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this year I made a I made an effort to drive it more, but last year I didn't drive it at all. Oh no so, way. Yeah. Well, that was COVID. You probably didn't want it to get sick. That's right. <laughs> Speaking is it of wearing logic. a mask on the front, Wayne? Jesus. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> Well, William, on that note, if you'll wrap up the show for us, we'll, we'll let our viewers go home. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you for joining Thanks, us, guys. Wayne. Absolutely. Thanks, Stay Wayne. safe, everyone. Don't die. <laughs>